Hey there. Hey, welcome back. Welcome to Amy's Endless Watch List. This is Amy, your host. Um, welcome to episode three. Okay, guys, I'm just going to dive right into it because my voice is feeling relatively healthy this week, so I want to speed through a little bit. Uh, this week, uh, I managed to watch a couple things from my watch list. Um, I watched a documentary. Maybe I'll talk about that another day, but uh, the main film I've chosen to talk about in this episode is uh, We Are Your Friends, which was done in 2015. And it was directed by uh, Max Joseph. And Max Joseph, uh, I don't know if any of you guys know uh, this show on MTV called Catfish. Me and my sister are kind of big fans of it. Um, a couple friends of mine saw the original uh, Catfish documentary, which they, um, once they found out I watched the TV show, they, they obviously recommended to me. I think that might still be on Netflix or Amazon Prime, one of those. So I, I recommend seeing the original, uh, like the friends of mine suggested. But basically Max Joseph uh, was kind of the camera guy on the Catfish show, and this is his kind of film... Uh, I don't want to say his debut, it, I don't think it's his debut, I think he's done a couple of films before that, but yeah, it's uh, it's his one of his big movies, basically, which is quite cool. And it was also co-written by him. Uh, so, so yeah, this is um, a really fun, kind of entertaining film. I'm just going to kind of talk about kind of what I liked about it, and bits that maybe I didn't so much. Uh, so, with this film, the reason I kind of chose it I mean, when I first saw the trailer for it years ago, I always thought, actually, it does look quite good. The main thing, though, that I don't know if anybody else finds this kind of problem as well, is that sometimes when you have certain actors on projects or on films, it can kind of make up your mind of whether you want to see it or not. And though, you know, Zac Efron, I don't consider him to be completely awful or anything, sometimes all you see when you see a trailer or a film is sometimes because the actor's name is possibly bigger than the actual thing that they're making. So I just saw it as, oh, it's a Zac Efron movie. Uh, a bit like, I suppose, you know, with like any big star, isn't like you see a Tom Cruise film and all that kind of stuff, you know what to expect from it. So, I mean, I saw the trailer a couple of years ago and I thought, it does look fun. Like, uh, we are your friends. It's basically, you know, uh, it's about this, guy, young guy who wants to be a DJ essentially, he wants to make his own music, produce his own music, make it big in LA and all that kind of Hollywoody kind of stuff, big dreams kind of story. Um, and and it, and it does, it does look, it did look really, really good on the trailer. Um, I didn't see it in cinema. I don't know why. I, I guess the trailer wasn't enough to pull me in. But anyway, I slapped it obviously once it came on one of my streaming uh, kind of devices and services, I saw it on, I think it was Netflix. And basically I just put it on my watch list and I just kind of forgot about it. So this week I was scrolling through and I thought, well, the last couple of films have been not overly serious or anything, but I thought oh, I just needed a change. I wanted something a bit more upbeat. And so I thought I'd give this film a go. Um, so yeah, it's a really, I must admit, like as part of my review, I think it's a really, it is a fun movie. What you see in the trailer is kind of the vibe that you get on screen. Uh, Zac Efron in it 
is playing, you know, Cole Carter. He's he's kind of I wasn't too sure what to expect actually when the film started. I thought, oh God, please don't let this be the usual kind of um I don't know Jack the Lad kind of Zac Efron that keeps cropping up in some of his movies. Sometimes that's okay, like if the movie calls for it, but other times it's like, you know, want to see some depth and range of acting and skill from an actor. And if you keep seeing the same stuff, sometimes that's kind of annoying because, you know, you kind of know then what to expect from his movies and and you don't, you know, it's, it's just one of those things. Like you just, it's nice to be surprised by actors and it's nice to see that they can actually test themselves and in this role I must admit I was expecting a certain type of acting I suppose from Zac Efron I was expecting this kind of cheeky you know happy-go-lucky kind of guy but I was kind of pleasantly surprised actually his performance was actually a bit more richer than the other guys playing his friends because they're supposed to be you know it's, the story's kind of focused around four friends obviously Zac Efron's character Cole Carter is the main character and the main one you're following but some of the other guys seemed a bit kind of I don't want to say two-dimensional but they didn't seem to show uh, a lot of different dimensions of their characters maybe that's because of time restriction on their actual storylines or the fact that they just weren't given enough stretch and ability to do that but yeah but Zac Efron's performance actually I thought was was really relatable actually you can tell that this is a guy who is hungry to do better in his life he obviously has big dreams but at the same time though he's very much you can tell that it's about the music it's about the feeling not just the the money at the end of it I mean the money's nice and obviously it's a motivator for the character well for all four friends really it's a motivator for these kind of young 20 up-and-coming people who just really have big dreams but you know struggle to make it happen and uh, it was really really nice actually to watch Zac Efron's portrayal of Cole Uh, I felt that actually this character you you know he felt a little bit more deeply about things and he thought more about things and a bit more than his friends appeared to Um, his friends just appeared to be wanting to kind of get you know the end result which is the money and the fame and whatever it was that they were after um there's a very poignant scene so obviously like i said in the previous episodes i don't want to give away too many spoilers in these because obviously i want to review the film as spoiler free as possible so that i don't ruin your experiences in future if you you guys you know listening go and actually you know give it a go and give it a watch um but basically you know cole you know he's an up-and-coming kind of he wants to be a DJ and he wants to be taken seriously and he wants to produce music but uh, he's kind of struggling to make that happen and he's just kind of playing in like a club or two and he's you know his friends are trying to help promote him and all this kind of stuff and basically his luck kind of changes a little bit when he kind of uh, he's kind of the forerunner or like meets uh, a DJ who's played by Wes Bentley he's a very good actor um, Wes, ben- Wes Bentley plays James and he's basically kind of the, this DJ that's kind of made it to the top but is now kind of not washed out completely but you can tell he's kind of lost his original 
um, motivation for what he does. It's all about the money now. It's all about the, you know, the fancy parties and the alcohol. And he's clearly got some demons that he's just not dealing with. And he's just living that life of luxury. He's kind of lost touch with what it was at the beginning. And basically, you know, Zack's character meets Wes's character and they kind of, you know, uh, James kind of takes Cole kind of under his wing a little bit and is kind of challenging him a little bit to try and push himself to try and actually make something uh, from the heart and authentic as well, which is kind of cool. And I think it it's a nice little kind of friendship they develop. Um, and that's kind of the main kind of drive of the story and then obviously you've got the friends and what they're trying to do and then there's also a, a romantic kind of storyline with um james's kind of i don't want to say secretary but like what probably assistant i think if she's called that and she's called like the character's called sophie and she's played by emily uh i think it's radikovsky and she's she's really good in it actually like i think she's a bit like zach efron in the sense of I wasn't sure what I was going to expect, but actually she kind of, I think Emily, Wes and Zach, all kind of their performances were quite good. Uh, maybe if there was more screen time, maybe it would have been a bit more effective or a bit more powerful if they had a bit more screen time and, you know, a chance to really play with their characters a little bit more. But I'll explain that obviously at the end of the review. So yeah, I mean, I really... I really kind of enjoyed the performances, I, I, in particular from the main characters. There are a few performances from other characters that I felt were a little bit... Uh, one of Zach, uh, one of, sorry, Cole's kind of friends is kind of very much all about the the money and the girls and the alcohol and the drugs. And, and sometimes, you know, you need characters like that, I suppose, for juxtaposition. But, uh, I, you know, it was kind of... You did get to see a different side of that character later on. I can't remember for the life of me what that character's name is now, um, unfortunately. Sorry, my notes are not that comprehensive on the, on that guy. Um, but basically, like, you know, it, it was it was nice to see that that character had a little bit of depth later on. Unfortunately, it kind of came a bit too late because that character kind of felt very much, you know, there wasn't much to him, but you kind of saw a little hint later on that there was... Unfortunately, though, I don't think that actor was really given enough time to kind of really flesh him out in the way that he could have, you know, not just made him the party boy. Um, but I suppose in the movie like this, I mean, it's only an hour and a half runtime. So really, it's not that long and you don't have that much time to play with when it comes to, uh, especially when you have to focus on only a couple of characters. So unfortunately, I don't think everybody was able to give you know, the right or amount of performance or, or enough time on screen to really um, make you relate to some of these characters. But needless to say, I mean, it's, it's, it's a fun kind of poppy movie. It's kind of cool. Uh, there's a scene where, you know, I think it's uh, Wes Bensley's character, James, takes uh, Zac Efron's character, Cole, uh, to kind of like a bit more of a fancy kind of uh, party uh, art gallery. And he's you know, I think Cole, I don't think it's accidental or maybe it's, it, you know, intentional, but basically he ends up taking uh, some drugs. I think it's P PCP and he kind of starts having these hallucinations in the gallery and it's kind of blended really well with some, some kind of really cool music. And 
that's a really really kind of cool scene that I actually wasn't expecting from the movie as well which is kind of good it would have been nice actually if they'd done a bit more of that like played with the imagery uh, a bit more but obviously you know in an hour and a half film maybe that's just wasn't possible or wasn't in the budget but essentially like when he's taking this drug he starts to see like paintings kind of start to like drip and kind of the paint kind of has a life of its own and starts kind of creeping up people and um, turning them into kind of animated figures and stuff like that who are still dancing and and then it starts to kind of come towards him as well this paint and take over him it's kind of a it's kind of a cool scene it's a shame though that it's quite quite a short scene um it would have been really really cool actually if they'd you know expanded on it a little bit more uh, but basically that scene was done uh, involving uh, re- rotoscoping, which I believe is when, you know, they pe- like they take what's been filmed, but then they kind of, um, I believe they paint over the top of the cells or something like that. That's what I believe. Don't quote me on that. But yeah, it's it's interesting. It's a it's a it was a scene that I really wasn't expecting from this type of film because I was just expecting this kind of. Uh, I don't know what, I mean, I think I was just expecting this kind of, you know, young, hip kind of, you know, group of people trying to make it big in a kind of, I don't know, MTV style kind of way. And there are elements of that, but I was kind of pleasantly surprised when certain things were um, just suddenly kind of there, like this, like this kind of drug trippy scene that happens in this art gallery the reason it works is because I think of the location and the setting and obviously like I mean if if this character was to take drugs anywhere else and I think they do take drugs uh some somewhere else during this during the film but you know that kind of stuff doesn't happen and I think the reason being is they they chose that scene to be uh you know rotoscoped or painted over at the right at the right scene they chose an art gallery and that's very specific and that's very clever of them to do that if they just did that in every in every scene I'd, i think it would be a little bit weird um or if they just did it randomly i don't think it would work half as well so maybe even though you know it was unexpected and i really enjoyed it even though i really would have liked a bit more of that kind of trippy stuff and a bit more artsy stuff in it um i can kind of see why at the same time they they didn't do that throughout the movie so to go back to the original kind of vibe of the movie it does feel kind of very much mtv kind of style and feel and that's fine because you know the film itself is you know it's about music it's about djing it's about trying to you know make it in hollywood and make it big and so it kind of works for itself like the style of the movie it kind of works for itself which is quite cool Uh, There is this whole kind of, I'll give you an example, there's like this brilliant montage scene uh, set in Vegas, obviously with the lights on and, you know, this amazing kind of, you know, soundtrack. So the the music is uh, Desire, the song um, by Years and Years, which which is an epic song in itself, but like it's the entire song is pretty much put into this film in this kind of particular Vegas scene. And it's obviously about these kind of two characters 
um, you know, Zach's character and Emily's character, so Sophie and Cole's character, kind of running off for the evening and kind of allowing their feelings for each other to kind of, you know, just just happen to just be and it's it's a great montage it's basically a music video in the middle of the movie that's essentially what it is it's, be it's really well done and you can tell you know that it's that it's just been made it, it just they make it look so easy in the movie and sometimes that's good sometimes I think to myself well you know it's like the music in the movie I think is really good it's just I don't know about anybody else who's watched the film but I really felt that when I came away from the film considering it's a movie about music and about DJing and about wanting to produce your own music it's interesting that there's not actually that much music in the movie it's quite disconcerting that that's like maybe there was a budgeting issue maybe they just you know only wanted specific songs or they could only afford specific songs in the film I mean that's you know sometimes unfortunately filmmakers are restricted I get that but for a film that's about wanting you know a character who is creative and wants to make music you'd think that there'd be a bit more music in it I walked away from this movie mostly with that song in my head just the main one which was um, Desire uh, by by years and years and also the song we are your friends by simeon and justice uh that is what the film is actually named after that you know that song title those are the only two songs i really walked away with not to say that the other songs aren't great like you've got other songs on it you know like blackout which is really cool and you know you know there are some really great songs it's just the fact of when you walk away from the movie I really felt like you know they could have considering like in the middle of the movie they pretty much have an MTV style montage in it to a really awesome song like why wasn't there more music in this film like when it's about this kind of thing it just I don't know there's something lacking there I feel I feel like there was a that was a missed chance uh, but the montage itself is you know handled so well perfect really and it fits the movie brilliantly uh so i mean as you know i'm just gonna continue with my review now kind of wrapping up but i mean i feel the film isn't a perfect film i mean it's it's entertaining like i said and it's a lot of fun it's very kind of poppy and and the performances I do think are great. I do think Zac Efron gives quite a good performance considering, uh, you know, I don't feel that some of the rest of the cast do in terms of um, his friends, kind of the group around him. I don't feel give, you know, a, a range of performances, unfortunately. But, you know, I suppose we don't know whether that was because of limitations or whether that just was how it was written, I suppose. But... Yeah, I feel like there could have been, there was some missed opportunities here. So it's, you know, I feel like the friendships between the guys could have been more focused on. Because something happens later on at the, at the end of the movie that kind of is a real motivator and a real driving force. And I kind of feel like, there's, there's kind of two things with that. I feel that if, you, if you're going to do something so dramatic kind of near the end of the film that's going to push your final character to 
up and do his, you know, get his motivation and actually get his act together and and to become what he wants to be or at least try to become what he wants to be. I kind of feel like this kind of what happens is quite dramatic and uh, a little bit sad. But like, basically, I just think that if you're going to have that happen, that motivator happen for for that main character, the problem with that is it either comes too late or too early because having it later on in the film, Cole's character, you know, you relate with him, you you see that he's creative, you see that he wants to do better and you see that he actually, you know, he cares for Sophie. He really, you know, he's not like his other friends chasing girls or at least it doesn't appear that way. You know, he clearly wants, uh, you know, a proper kind of um, personal relationship with Sophie and he wants obviously to be, uh, you know, very creative but creative for the right reasons there's a great scene where he turns around to James the kind of washed out DJ uh, Wes Bentley's character and says you know that you know you you now now do this for the money you don't do this for the music and it's it's a it's a really great scene because it shows the character's point of view and the fact of you know he basically says you know you're 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 all just doing this for the fame and for the glory and you used to be good, but now that's that's not what you're aiming for anymore. So he's quite honest with the with this DJ character, and obviously, you know, it kind of backfires, I suppose, in a couple of ways. But that's that's a you know Zach's character is quite you know quite well developed. I feel out of some of the other characters, and it's just a shame that some of the other characters aren't as well developed, like his friends. You know, I think they could have been, the friendships could have been so important because what happens later, you know, to one of them is quite, you know, traumatic and has an effect on them all. And that's what motivates, you know, Cole, the main character, to actually get off his butt and do something. And I feel like what was lacking was an actual, you know, sense of time with these characters, an actual friendship between them, especially, you know, what happens to one of them you'd think that you'd spend more time developing those friendships and those bonds. You know that these guys hang out together, you know that they've hung out for a long time, but you know, you don't really get to, you know, you don't really get to see inside the relationships, you don't get to see, you know, who's, you know, you know who the troublemaker is, sure, but you don't get to see, you know, how they interact on a daily basis or what they think of each other, at least not till very late in the movie. And sometimes I just think having that kind of, thing happen at the end of the movie that motivator that it just it for some for some reason I just feel like it didn't work and or it you know it wasn't paid enough attention to and so I really feel like there was a missed opportunity in this film for the actual friendships of the guys the four guys they they could have really had a bit more time with these characters and okay you know you're focusing on one main character fine but if those if those friendships are what make this character who he is, then I really feel that 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 was important. You know, you should have actually focused on that. So, I mean, what well, I mean, I'm just going to try and summarize a little bit now with my kind of review. So first of all, like what kind of rating would I give this? Well, in my rating system, I think I would actually give this, uh, you know, that it's, uh, 
I would give this the renting online and streaming. That's what I would give uh, because, you know, it's, I'd just say it's worth that. I can. What's really sad about this film is the fact that I feel it's just missed opportunities like the soundtrack. The soundtrack, oh my god, it could have been, could have been twice the size, guys. Like it really, it could have been twice the size. It could have been so dope, but it just, it just, you know, for whatever reason, they just didn't max out on the music. Like this was me creating a DJ film, I'd be going all the way back to like old school, you know, DJ hits all the way to now. I'd be going through all the different spectrums of all the different kind of electronic music and just having some real good fun with it and playing with it. But like, they just, I just feel like they missed an opportunity and I, I don't quite understand why that happened, but you know unfortunately it is what it is and like i just said as well like i feel like they missed an opportunity with the, the with the friendships of the main characters i feel like if that was stronger and more solid then i think what happens later could have been far more effective you you know you'd really care a little bit more about these characters uh, i feel like you do care about zach's character but again i just i just feel like you know his relationship with his friends could have been stronger and that could have really hit home a heck of a lot lot like harder at the end it really could have been a bit more heartbreaking uh heartbreaking and also like make the ending feel a little bit more like it was earned uh i suppose that's that's the key to it all but you know i i, I mean the rating i mean i'm just giving this that you know it's worth renting online worth streaming unfortunately this movie you know it was made i don't know how much the budget was on this one maybe uh I believe when I read on it, it was like two million, but maybe I'm completely wrong on that. Nobody quote me, please. But basically, like, you know, when this movie did come out in cinema in 2015, unfortunately, it did bomb. It was one of the worst. Uh, it was one of the worst movies uh, released in cinema that year, I believe, unfortunately. And I think, you know, it goes to show that. Um, you know, I mean, I feel sad because obviously I'm a fan of Max Joseph. I'm a fan of, you know, some of his films that he's done. I'm also a fan of the show that he's done, uh, Catfish on MTV. Um, if anybody watches Catfish, uh, the TV show, Neve, the host of Catfish, does make an appearance. So watch out for that. It's a, you know, it's kind of a nice touch. I like that because they're both filmmakers. So. But I mean, yeah, I mean, this rating that I give this movie, it's kind of sad because the last two movies, obviously, I've said have been worth paying a cinema ticket for. But actually, you know, I can understand now really why this film didn't do as well at the box office as I really think it could have done. Like, I reckon if you maxed out, if you maxed out the music and you'd and you'd actually maybe a little bit more time with the script, a little bit more time, maybe more screen time, actually, I mean... There's, you know, it's 90 minutes long, roughly, this film, and sometimes that's really hard to do. Like, it's incredibly hard to make a 90-minute film and get everything in, put it in the right place so that, you know, you feel that you relate with the characters and their journey and what they go through. And, you know, I think they just about do it with this character, with Zach's character, Cole's character, and I feel that they kind of do it. Like I did get to the end, I kind of felt like the payoff was kind. Of, it was okay. It was good. Like the ending, I thought, yeah, okay. I kind of, I kind of like the ending. I, you know, the music at the end is really, really good and actually quite poignant, which is, which is cool. The problem is, I just don't feel like it's a big enough payoff given everything that's come before it. But 
you know, some people might think differently, you know, and that's fine. Um, but yeah, I, my recommendation for my rating is basically it's worth renting online, it's worth streaming, because, you know, it's a fun movie, it's got some good moments in it, it's got some funny moments in it, and it's entertaining all round, but, uh, you know, as something actually to pay 13, you know, 12, 13 pounds to go cinema for, I can actually see why it didn't do so well at the box office. So, yeah, it's, uh, it, you know, it's a great film. It's visually, you know, some of the stuff in Vegas and, and, and you know, like that whole montage scene and that LA gallery scene, you know, they're quite entertaining and, and interesting to watch. But sadly, as like a kind of, you know, a kind of wanting to make it into Hollywood or have a dream kind of, you know, kind of film, it's no, you know, you, can, you compare it to something else. Like it's no eight mile. Do you know what I mean? Like it's not, it's not that, you know, kind of groundbreaking or memorable uh, in that sense, really. But it's just, it's just a lot of fun. So that's my review of uh, We Are Your Friends. Okay, so moving swiftly on to the next segment of the episode, uh, what did this film remind me of? So, you know, another film that it reminded me of was actually, you know, this is probably a cult film kind of hit now, isn't it, really? But Pitch Perfect from uh, 2012, uh, you know, We Are Your Friends kind of, it's such a similar kind of vein. You know, you've got characters, two main characters, you know, who really want to, he want to become DJs and want to produce music. So it's an obvious, you know, it's an obvious choice that this film reminded me of Pitch Perfect. I'm a huge fan of Pitch Perfect. I think it's uh, it's a fun film. I like the sequels as well. Although, you know, it's like with anything, isn't it? Unfortunately, sequels, I don't think ever really truly capture what was ever in the original. It's all about trying to capture that, magic that was the first one and sometimes they're great sometimes they're not but with with pitch perfect though what i what i was reminded about was i mean just the use of music like like in pitch perfect i mean obviously that it's slightly different obviously because uh acapello and they're making music with their with their mouths and they are you know obviously doing competitions and and all this kind of stuff and and so the amount of music is obviously more and it's a bit more varied. But also what I really love is, you know, the whole point is the main character in Pitch Perfect, you know, she really wants to become a DJ and she likes the idea of mixing songs, obviously, because that's what DJs do and making songs and all that kind of stuff. But like, that's why she mixes up stuff in the acapello and really enjoys the riff off and all this kind of stuff and I just feel that you know I mean We Are Your Friends came out three years later and it's just like why didn't We Are Your Friends you know really take advantage of the music like it's deep like you know DJing like there's such a spectrum of electronic music and trance music and you know dubstep and you know god knows what there's so much music out there and it just really frustrates me that this film didn't take full advantage of just the entire spectrum of this kind of landscape of music, of, ele- well, you know, proper DJ music. And it's just like, come on, like, so many names that could have been on this, like, soundtrack of this film. And that's where, you know, where I think Pitch Perfect kind of does uh, kind of a better version and a better vibe, I suppose, because 
it really does take advantage of its music it mixes it up it takes old and it brings in new and it has the characters obviously put their flair on it with their acapella and and their performances of it and so you know i think pitch perfect does what you know we are your friends kind of almost completely missed the point of really which is just if you're going to be in a subject matter like this certain type of music it's just like you got to you know you've got to understand what it takes i mean obviously i know for we are your friends i think they did have a lot of you know djs i think some of them quite big names actually that you know came to set and you know showed zach efron i think how to how to actually dj and what it takes to actually perform on stage and all this kind of stuff and you know and that's cool that they had that influence but like why why is the music so limited it just i don't understand like it just should have been so much more like better but yeah so that's what you know we are your friends reminded me of pitch perfect and pitch perfect is you know similar vibe it's also kind of a similar style in the way that you know it's very quick uh moving kind of you know young generation kind of aimed and you know that's that's good that's cool and but I just felt that they you know in Pitch Perfect they really use the music so much better both for characters stories you know performances you know and and it's a range of it and it's such it's such good when you get to the end of Pitch Perfect the reason the ending is good is because the payoff the last performance with the you know with the girl group the Bellas the reason that's good is because the payoff is is been leading like everything's been leading up to it you know you've seen this group perform together you've seen them fail you've seen them struggle you've seen them not see eye to eye you've seen them break up you see them try again then you finally see them you know pushing themselves and doing something a little bit wacky and different from what the Bellas have done before and the reason the ending of Pitch Perfect is so uh, kind of satisfying is because it all pays off like this it's a complete blending of so many different songs in this one performance and it's really them going for it and the characters all coming together for this one chance this one moment to kind of just be the best at what they want to do and it's just so cool like it's such a simple idea like acapello kind of you know college kind of group singing but I mean, you can see why it took off the way it did and you can see why it was so successful and it's because of those performances and it's because of the music and the story and the, and the actual taking of the time in this film to kind of get certain aspects of it right. Uh, and it's really enjoyable and funny as well and I just love, I love Pitch Perfect for the fact of, yes, you know, it doesn't take itself too seriously but where it does take itself seriously is in the fact of well it's 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 really going for stuff at the right moments with the music with the performances and with the characters it goes to the extremes it pushes and i think maybe that's what we are your friends was kind of missing a little bit um but yeah that's that's what this film this week reminded me of so much fun it, yeah again like we are your friends it's not a terrible film like i wouldn't say it's like a waste of an hour and a half like it's just it could have been so much better guys like it's a shame i just feel like i you know a few missed opportunities that's all that's all it is 
So anyway, moving on to the last segment of this episode, episode three. So uh, cinema moments. So I was trying to think, you know, with all this kind of stuff in my head about, you know, music uh, playing such a key role in films, you know, in particular the missed opportunities in We Are Your Friends. And then obviously the fact that it reminded me of Pitch Perfect, where the reason it reminded me of Pitch Perfect is kind of a similar story, obviously, but then also just the music really is the key uh, throughout and so going along that theme of music for the cinema moments kind of memories or whatever here's here's basically a memory of mine that's basically you know I feel that music sound in general in films I think unfortunately is very much underrated and that's a huge problem because one of the key things I got told actually uh, during my last degree was if you get the sound wrong in a film my god you're going to know and it was also it's one of the hardest things to correct as well like you I've got so much respect for people that do sound and you know uh, music and stuff like for, for, for movies but just in general just recording sound for movies is a nightmare and so to actually like to have people as well you know in films who make films but then don't really pay attention to the music that kind of now more than ever before I think I never used to realize it before but now I really think that movies are starting to pay a bit more attention to music and how you use it I mean not that it was ever disrespected or anything you know in previous like I'm not saying that but to go back to cinema moments like I saw Baby Driver in 2017 with a really good friend of mine called Ellie and one of the key things we walked away from that movie was the soundtrack. The soundtrack by the way I'm pretty sure is twice as big as We Are Your Friends. It's massive and what's really interesting about Baby Driver is the script was entirely on an iPad right and every time you went to a scene a certain track or music would play like a certain song or a certain just you know uh, sound whatever it may be and that was to indicate what was actually going to be played on the screen whilst you were going to be watching it so if none of you have seen baby driver first of all it's a great movie it's um i think it's edgar wright directed and wrote it basically it's uh it's, it's an awesome film and it's also in america but there's a character a young guy who is basically a kind of driver for kind of uh, criminals basically he's kind of for hire and he has this kind of I think it's tentatives is it tentatives where you keep hearing where he keeps hearing kind of obviously a noise because of an accident previously in the past he keeps having this noise in his head and if he doesn't have something to drown it out like music then it kind of obviously uh, gives him a headache or makes him unwell or just gets to him like just grinds him you know his brain and it's his whole the whole movie baby driver is basically set around this character this this driver for for criminals and he has his entire life most of the time he's always got his ipod in his pocket and it's because he always needs music he needs music to dull out the tenderness in his head and or in his ears whatever it is and and it's a brilliant use in a film of music. The fact that the script itself was on an iPad and every scene you could play the music that was intended for the scene 
that in itself is pure genius like amazing like somebody thought that far ahead in how they were going to use the music and the soundtrack for a film for a character and their story brilliant absolutely phenomenal so going back to the cinema moments me and ellie saw this film and we were blown away by it it's a incredible like really well done film brilliant performances all around and we kind of walked away from that movie and I think both of us were like, we were in Ellie's car and she was driving a little bit. I don't want to get her in trouble here, but I think the baby driver kind of vibe had rubbed off on her. And she was definitely, you know, uh, feeling the kind of not boy racer. But yeah, she was going a little bit, going a little bit quick around a few corners, let's say, uh, in the country where she lives. And it, it's just one of those things like when you watch a film, like sometimes it just kind of gets in your head. And we were both talking about the soundtrack and how much we loved it. And I kid you not, for the next couple of times I bumped into my friend Ellie, I'm pretty sure I was listening to the soundtrack before I met her, you know, met up for coffee or wherever it was. And then I'm pretty sure every time she was meeting up with me, she was listening to the soundtrack as well. Like, it was just one of those things, like, it was it was constantly on in her car, I believe, and it was, I was, it was sometimes on the way to work, I'm pretty sure it was all I was listening to, and I must admit, I think for most of 2017, it was, must have been about two, three months of my soundtrack, like, it became my life, this, this whole soundtrack, and if you've not seen Baby Driver, and you've not heard the soundtrack, please go check it out, it's a great mixture of stuff on there. It's a great use of music as well. But I just love the fact that both me and Ellie became very addicted to the soundtrack and it did become a little bit our lives. <laughs> like every time we met up, we'd just take our earphones out and be like, hey, are you listening to Baby Driver 2? So, hey, yeah, I'm listening to Baby Driver 2. What track are you on actually? And then sometimes like being like trying to sync with each other, I think at one point. Or if we didn't sync, I think I'm pretty sure she played it in the car. So yeah, it was... That became our soundtrack for 2017, at least the end of it, I believe. So yeah, this is how like music I think can be so underrated, but when you get it right, my God, you can really connect with people. And I hope in future we get a lot more movies and a lot more script writing, uh, you know, relating to actually looking into music and using it properly for characters and story. Because it works, it really does work. Baby Driver was in my head for months, absolutely months, and I couldn't wait for the DVD to come out. And it's one of my favorite movies still from the last couple of years. So yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's my cinema moments. I suppose not really a cinema moment, it's just how cinema affected me and a friend, but I really hope you enjoyed uh, my review of We Are Your Friends. I, I do hope you go check it out because it is quite a fun movie. Let me know what you guys think. And, uh, you know, obviously Pitch Perfect, I think, it has its own following now. It doesn't really need any introduction or really any recommendation. But still, go check it out if you haven't seen it or heard the soundtrack. There are some insane performances and voices on that soundtrack. I highly recommend that. And also, if you've not seen Baby Driver, like, where have you been? Like, please go check that out. The soundtrack, like I said, the music. Oh, my God. It was my life for 2017. So good. Like, really amazing music to an awesome film. So this is episode three now. I'm going to sign off in a second. Obviously, you can find, uh, you know, this podcast uh, has its own Twitter at Amy Endless. Uh, so that's on Twitter. And also, I have finally started the blog now, guys. So if you want to check out the blog, it's uh, amysendlesswatchlist.home.blog. 
that's amy's endless watch list home blog no apostrophe in that it's just all the letters pushed together and yeah i just put in uh, at the moment on the blog just kind of an introduction to the blog and what it's going to be about and uh, obviously i'll put up some episode kind of podcast episode uh, summaries and film reviews and uh, you know kind of maybe some some guest interviews when i finally get some guests on this podcast and uh yeah just general kind of film related stuff and it would be really cool because obviously you can use that blog and twitter if you want either one to kind of get in contact with me on this show and kind of talk about what you love about films maybe films that you know you recommend or films that you recommend you stay the hell away from uh and don't touch with a you know five foot pole but then also there's you know the blog as well where you can contact me on that and you can hopefully share some of your cinema moments i'm really intrigued to see what you the listeners are actually kind of remembering about the cinema whether it's you know favorite memories as a kid or if you've had something happen in the cinema recently you know drop us a line let us know what's happened and maybe hopefully we can end up sharing some of your stories on here which would be really really cool so this is episode three done i'm about to sign off i hope you have a good one guys and uh yeah let's talk more films in future